Hey teachers of littles out there, yeah you, we see you. Tired of pinning, Facebook grouping and hoping you struck idea gold? Are you at your wits end and need a safe space to feed you and get the support you need both in and out of the classroom? Then this podcast is for you. Join Renee Pena Lopez, an early childhood learning specialist who is in the fray with you. Get ready to have an honest and real conversation around early childhood and the challenges of play for littles while learning to connect the dots through guided play strategies. Get ready to sit back and listen in on today's conversation. The magic of littles starts now. Hey, teachers of littles out there. So um, at the time of this podcast, um, it may be the end of the school year or you may be heading towards the end of the school year. And so as um, a teacher, I often like to use this time to reflect and prep for the next school year. So this episode, it's just based on reflection um, and not preparation. That would be next um, episode. So just uh, if you're wondering, where's all the preparation tips? That's going to be happening next week. Um, so in the meantime, I want to start with this reflection by saying, like, I don't, I don't know, this may be controversial, not, but this was not a lost year um, for you as a teacher, for your um, little ones that you are teaching. This is not a lost year. So yes, as a teacher, I was remote all year um, teaching remotely. And yes, it had its ups and downs. Um, I saw relationships bloom in ways that I didn't think were possible online. I saw um, different challenges and to different um insights that I would never have thought about. I'm thinking about like multi-sensory work, but it just made me approach my teaching practice in a different way. And, um, you know, as a mom, um, services for my little one had to be adjusted to fit the needs of the community, um, due to safety. Uh, her speech was done remotely and, um, do I wish, you know, more of her services could have been given? Do I wish I could have done more um, remotely? Like, yes, like this is what teachers are, right? We are perfectionists. Um, do I wish that like, um, you know, more of her goals could have been met and so on and so forth? Yes, of course. But I also got to be a part of her sessions. Like I got to see the work at hand, I feel like I got pulled in more. And so um, as a teacher, you know, I think I learned to ask for more help um, using like family or teacher support when needed, um, collaborating even more deeply and intensely with coworkers, um, asking more thoughtful questions of how to approach um, the platform, especially because it's just a box um, on you know, just language and using um, really thoughtful, um, you know, we didn't have as much material. So um, in terms of like, uh, you know, sometimes you may run out of materials like in that way. And so you have to then pose the question, like, what do we do? Like, what if um, I wonder? And, And it just expanded this realm of creativity. And yes, this is one of my um, free-flowing thoughts, even though I have notes, I just, 
I think this, I don't think this is a lost year. I just think it's just a different way to think of this past year. Like I think, you know, 10 years from now when teachers are hearing they're going to new you know, grad schools and stuff like that and hearing about the time that we taught during a pandemic and we are still in a pandemic um, and the time of this recording we could end of the school year but we're still in it um, and it has hope and lots of hope due to vaccines hope due to things reopening but um, you know with still some unknowns but the fact that you know you did the work you switched on a dime from in-person to remote. You, you learned platforms that you never think you would learn from Google to Seesaw to Zoom. I mean, just really being on, commend all the skills you have learned. Um, you might've felt like you fell in love with online teaching. Um, you might realize, oh, I really do love a new person, but for not for the reasons I thought, right? Like it might be because you really do love supporting families. You might want to go into that work. Like, take the time to really step back and think about that. Um, one thing I'm reminded of about as we go through this collective trauma, um, reminds me of the conversation episode 17 with Rachel Friedman. We talk about like, um, a little bit collective trauma and like how the push and pull of like natural consequences and like pacing and when to let go and when to push, um, that when we are going through these things and also like Sarah's episode about boundaries, I think it's episode 25, you know, we're talking about learning and discovering new things about ourselves. Um, children are doing the same things. And so when we're learning that pacing of when to, to support and when to let go, it often happens in like intervention work. And so this is not a very long episode, just so um, you know, because um, I was just inspired to just hit record, to be quite honest. It's not until like a drink of water. It is, believe it, June and beginning of June, time of this recording, and it's hot and it just stormed. Excuse me again. It just stormed and it is still so hot. Um, so I think another one's coming. Anyway, I digress. Um, so what was I going to say? Yeah, so the work that we're doing, like our work usually center around, centers around the child, but for the child, it's about their family, right? It's about the people that make up their family. Um, and that can be done in so many um, formats and you have to honor all those formats. And so in impactful intervention, in the cohort that I'm putting together this summer, we are talking about those things. Um, we're talking about um, the family and using intervention in a way and rethinking it in a way that guides both the family and the child to make the, the connections that they need to make. And so I'm just thinking about this lost quote unquote, I'm over here quoting things, um, lost year, like, The goal, you may not hit or hit the huge IEP goals, like, but you might have hit like the smaller steps to get to that goal. And um, I think that makes all the progress. I think that the small shifts that were made this year, um, and you may have even made bigger shifts. And if so, kudos. 
um, especially as you probably uh, probably got more back in person to, to kind of make those leaps. And it kind of happened naturally throughout this year, right? Like that time in January to March or that time after spring break. Um, and after those breaks, you know, after you get to know each other in the beginning of the year, you might have made those leaps even naturally in your classroom. But I think an intervention, um, you know, sometimes we feel like it's like a couple steps back, then a couple of steps forward, then a couple of steps back, then a couple of steps forward. Um, especially uh, if you have some um, little ones struggling with uh, transition and things like that. Um, but I would say, like, celebrate those those wins. And if you need to literally just take a moment, pause this, and just take a moment and literally just journal out, like, the top five to ten wins do that like I know I've said that before but I think in a time of reflecting um that that be in awe of the work that not you've done with the student but also your family it's like I'm thinking for myself like I've had to let go of like as a parent being like oh I will totally like do all the seesaw activities um my child did go in person, luckily, um, in a sense for her, uh, luckily for us for like childcare needs, but um, for her uh, social skill needs um, to go in person for days a week and then to be remotely. And I just thought I would like be the superstar of like being remote because um, I am too remote. And so my expectation, and I think also like learning to set parent expectations um, because you're going into their home and this box format has been um, another lesson in like boundaries and and in the most positive way right like um, and you know learning to to unpack that um, yes I just thought it would be amazing at getting all the CISA activities done. And then I realized we were doing the CISA activities on the weekend. And you know what? And that was okay. Like, that was what we had time for. That's what she had the energy for. She really didn't want to use the time on the remote days to be um, home, to be honest. Because um, she was like, it's a school day or it's a home day. Like, there's no remote day in her mind until um, she really got into this like countdown her school's doing um so that really helped to bring that alive for her um but that reminds me about the note that I have here about going deep and not wide and so um the work that you did this year right those those scaffolding steps talk about scaffolding um and Paco mentioned too and those scaffolding steps about it's not about the material, it's about the people, right? Like, and sometimes it is about the material if that's one of your goals to expand that child's, but still is about that trust and understanding of like, I'm introducing this to you um, in a way that's you know, positive and thoughtful and meaningful. Um, and so, yeah, so I just want to like hop on and say that to you. Um, and if, um, and if you're a teacher of little who wants like simple and actionable tools for connecting with and supporting your students with exceptionalities, head over to themagicofwittles.com and grab your free toolkit now.
And so that's the magic littles.com. I have a free um, toolkit that teachers you deal with challenging behaviors. Um, and yeah, you will get access to some tools to kind of implement for the next school year, which I would dum 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 going into the next segment next um podcast we about just that about prepping for the next school year all right until next time be well i hope you download the toolkit on the website of the magical littles and i'll catch you on the other side bye